All right. Can I interrupt? Let's go. I have to run out of here at 12.55, so I just want to apologize. Apology accepted. Okay. Nothing to do with that. Apology accepted. I want to say something really kind of Apology accepted. I think it's something much worse than that. Okay. 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 We are... Okay, we are going to do something a little bit different today. We're going to act out the pressure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a much better idea. Um, no, we're not going to do that. Uh, what we're going to do is we're going to learn a little Jewish philosophy uh, within the Parsha. Because I want to talk about um, the first of the Aseris Adibros, which itself causes a lot of controversy in the Mepharshim, what exactly we are to do with this first of the Dibros, okay? So let's, uh, so let's just get started, and you'll start to, well, just do this together. Here we go. That was shorter, right? That was better. Okay. <laughs> Says the Torah, source number one, Parshas Yisrael, is it see right here? You want? Or there? You want? Whatever you want, whatever you want. It's up to you. Okay. Says the Torah's files. Anokhi, we are probably familiar with this Pasuk. The Pasuk says, Anokhi Hashem Lokecha, Asher Tzitzicha Meret Mitzrayim Beis Havadim, Lo Yelacha Elohim Elohim Acherim Apanai. Okay? So that's two, that's actually two Pasuk. Okay? Um, I, should have, I should have started with the Pasuk before. The Pasuk before is like, By the Be'er Lokim has called Vimeila, Hashem said the following things. Right? Hashem said all these things. I think last, last year we did Perak Yotes, which is the Perak before. Um, this is Parakhaf. Um, but so Hashem, there's a whole preparation for Moshe to watch, you know, Hashem did to watch Moshe speak to Hashem. The bottom line is now it's time for God to talk. Right, and this is the thing we've been preparing for for three days. We're getting ready. We're all excited. And he shows up. And this is what Hashem says. And it's the first words out of Hashem's mouth, whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it, uh, that Hashem says to us is this line. Hashem really should be a period there. Okay. What does that mean? Right, just a statement. What does it mean? What does it mean? I am Hashem your God who took you out of Egypt from the house of slavery. Good. House of slaves, I guess, right? House of slaves. Okay? What is that? What is that statement? It's an introduction. Like, it's an introduction to what? To like, like... It's a reward, a condition... I mean, only conditional because it's a reward for having taken you out of Eretz Yisrael. It's conditional in what way? What do you mean? Like, Hadiyat's only going to be your God because? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. You know, it's, uh... Okay. Okay. Bina, what are you, what are you saying? I mean, it's like on a very simple, low level. It's like, hey, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. I am that God who you've been watching all this time, right, right for months and months and months, right, who's been making all kinds of things happen for you. That's me. Right? This is the first time ever, first time and only time, that God speaks to humanity. Right? And not to one person, but to Collective. all of us. Two and, and a half million people, something like that. Ah, okay. Good. Very good. Excellent. And he's telling him hello. Good. Um, so I guess my question is, so this is supposed to be one out of ten yeah? That's how we usually talk about it. One out of ten. We call them Aseris Hadibros, which is interesting. The Torah doesn't really... Right. So the Torah actually does say later on um, in Parshish Akev, refers to them as Aseris Hadvarim. 
Right, so we, we, that, that phrase, Aseros Hadibros, actually, you know, is, is correct. Um, but what's a, what's a Dibra? An utterance. An utterance. That was like another good English word that we only use when, we, when we're trying to translate a Hebrew word. An utterance. Like statement. It's a statement of, versus, of fact. Right. And what am I getting command. at? Like it's we not think command. they're commands, but... Right. Because what's the next? Because what's the next pasuk? Lo which is you should thou shot. All right, that's how we right. You should not X or Y or Z, right? So w- what I'm getting at is what right is uh, almost obvious is that and this is a conversation that we're going to talk about now for for a little bit. Is what do you do with this? Right? Why doesn't God say? Well, if God wanted to command us to believe in Him, what should He say? Yeah, <laughs> but what, 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 would, that, what, what would that look like? Someone else's emotions or feelings or beliefs, like that's okay. That's okay, so let's go one step at a time. If Hashem wanted to command us to believe something, what would He say? This is what you have to believe in. Yeah, I mean, I don't know words He would use, but there are words to use. There's plenty of there's plenty of words in Hebrew that say you should right believe that I am the one and only God. Right, right, right. You. That's, mm-hmm. you put that, to translate that phrase in the Hebrew, that would be, that'd be uh, Dibra number one. Right? Believe that I am the only God. Know that I am the only God. But, right? And we actually, we actually find that. Right? Look at, look at uh, the next, the next passage I have for you. It's, it's actually, I didn't label it number two. But it's later in Parashat Eschan. And Hashem says, V'yadat hayom. Right? You're probably familiar with this passage because it's in Aleinu. V'yadat hayom. You should know today. V'ashevosa elavavecha. And... It doesn't mean return to your heart, but you should, like, think about it, right? That what? Ki Hashem hu elokim. But shamayim imavel aris b'tachas You should know, right? Sort of. And, and, and make clear to yourself that I am God. Right? Good. That's maybe the way you would put into Hebrew a mitzvah to believe. Right? So you can tell me, good. So Hashem explained it here in part of the Zanon. And he just, that, that, that's, that's an explanation of this. You could say that. Or, what do you do with this? What does that mean about this first line? Because I took you out of Mitzrayim, therefore you should know that I'm the one that you should keep close to your hearts. Okay, that's that's the second pasuk, yeah. But I'm saying, are you saying you're putting them together? Putting them together. Right, okay. You could say that. Like, in the rest of the Dibro, there's some kind of action that is... Associated with most of them, yeah. Most we'll of get them. to that. And, belong to, to, to Rona's question, and we can't Commanding really. Maybe we're saying you can't make someone believe something. So instead of me saying you must believe in me, me being Hashem, right? He's saying not saying that because he can't saying say that. You can't have other gods, which is something that they could control and and act upon or lack thereof, right? But like, he isn't saying you have to believe in me. Because he can't, because he can't, because he can't say that. Because he can't say that. Okay. It's, or it's not realistic to say. That is the first is commandment, isn't it? Is it? Is it? No, the first commandment is you can't make other gods that look like me. We don't have one here. We don't have one here, right? But if you walk in that, a lot of shuls, there's 10 of them, right? And that's the first one, right? Right? I'm like really, I'm like freaking out, right? Like, what is it? It's not true. Like, I know since I was five years old. What are you talking about? So, look, so, Ilana, you're not making it up. Look at source right. number two. Okay. Source number two is the Gemara Makos. The Gemara Makos says, 
So, well, seems to see, say what Alana wants to say, and everyone's like, "What are you saying?" Like, I'm not. I promise you, I'm not a heretic. I promise. I'll, I'll try not to be a heretic. <laughs> Source number two. Darsh Rabbi Simlai. Rabbi Simlai says the following drasha. What's the drasha? Sheish meos v'shaloshesrei mitzvos. What number is that? Six hundred and thirteen mitzvos. Nemru lo lemoshe. We're said to Moshe Benu. Six hundred and thirteen. Okay. Shalosh meos v'shishim v'chamesh lavin. Three hundred. And 65, lo sases, negative commandments, things not to do. Kiminyan yemor like the days of the solar year. Umasayim varabayim ushmona and 248, ases, positive commandments, things that we're supposed to do. Keneged eveirav shel adam. Right? That just reflects the number of whatever limbs, I don't know what you want to tell you, in, in, in the body. I'm not a, I'm not a uh, doctor, but... I don't know what the numbers be, how they would count 248, but that's, that's a Chazal tells. I'm a Reva Menuna, that's beautiful, beautiful idea, 613, 365, and 248 makes 316. Amazing. Every single day of the year, I should use every limb in my body to serve Hashem. Beautiful dress. It's so nice. Very nice. Okay? You go home, right? Um, Reva Menuna says that's very nice, but my crow, where's the pasta? How do I know? Where's the number 613 come from? You, you made it up. Right? Where's that from? So he says, I didn't make it up. Torah tziva lanu Moshe morasha kilasekov. Okay, it says that, Shem, that Moshe was, you know, that Hashem commanded Moshe Torah, and it was a morasha. Torah b'gematria tough vav reish hey. What's the gematria? Shis mea vechadsre have. Torah is six hundred and eleven. Right, tough is four hundred. Vav is six. That's four oh six. Reish is 200, that's 606, and Hay is 5, that's 611. Okay? Gematria. Okay. And how do I get to 613? And again, what was the Pasuk say? Torah Tzivalanu Moshe. Moshe taught us Torah. So Moshe taught us 611. Right? And which two did we learn ourselves? Anochi and Loyelacha. That we heard directly from Hashem. Right? After the first two, Claudius says, ah, stop it, stop it, stop We can't handle this. We, they died multiple times, whatever happens. And Chazal tell us, right? But they, the bottom line is that, that the Torah itself says that they said we can't handle this. Stop, Moshe. Make it stop. We can't do this. It's too overpowering. And so they've only heard the first two Dibros from Hashem and the other 611 mitzvahs they learned from Moshe Rabbeinu. What is this? It's very cool. Right? It's a cool idea. That's how you get 613. That's why this idea, right? our whole, like, everything we ever have in Judaism, 613, all comes from here. Every code on every shul, right? Like, <laughs> so that's why we don't use it. But the... But the... But the um, um, good, but, but in terms of our question, how we view Anochi, what would this Gemara tell you? What is Anochi? It's the first commandment. It's the first mitzvah. Right? 613 mitzvos were given to Moshe. Right? Three, right? 365, 248, and Remunus is that that Moshe was given 3611. Am Yisrael heard the other two themselves, but this conversation is about how many mitzvos there are in the Torah. Right? That's what this is about. Why we care, by the way, like a whole different question, like, who cares? 613, 614, 612. Like what? Like there's all these, like the Rambam and the Rambam mm-hmm. and all these, you showed us all this time, like figuring out which, are, which fall into the six, you have to do all of them anyways, right? But like which ones fall into the 613. But the bottom line is, it is very clear from this Gemara, at least it seems clear from the Gemara that Anochi is a mitzvah. 
and it's separate from Two separate mitzvahs, right? I know. I, 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 I made it confusing in my from the sheet, but yes, it's but totally separate. We don't do it that way. The mitzvah is, is you have to acknowledge that I'm the God that took you out of Mitzrayim. Like that's the mitzvah. Great question. We're gonna talk about it. Oh, sorry. No, <laughs> no, it's, it's good. That's why. That's Jenny. You're like you're setting me up. This is what I, this is what we're looking for, right? This is what this is what we want. All right. Look at the mechilta though in source number three. The mechilta, right? The mechilta is a is a is like met, you know one of the midrashim. So and so the mechilta is written something like I don't know if it's totally correct. You know, like you know two hundreds, three hundreds for that that zone. The times of the Tanaim, who were in the times of the Mishnah. So the mechilta writes as follows: Lo panai, lama nemar lefisha nemar nochi Hashem lokecha. Right? What, what, like what's this? Hashem says, don't have other gods. Why? Because I said that you have to have me as a god. Okay. And again, the Mechilta gives a mushal. Mushal of Melech Basaradam, a parable to a human king. Shenich Nas the Medina, he comes into a, into a town, into a state, into a city, whatever it is, a country. Amrulo Avadav, Gazur Alehem, Gzeros. So he says, they say, you know, make, uh, you know, make, make mitzvos, make, make decrees. So Amalam, he says to them, yeah, you, it's so interesting, they, they want mitzvos. They want to, like, tell us the rules. What's the rules of your kingship? kingship? Right? Amalahem, he says to them, Kishi kablues malchusai exor alehem. Right? If you accept me as your king, then I'll give you decrees. Shi malchusai lo yikablu, gzerosai lo yikablu. Because if you don't accept me as your king, what good are my decrees? Right? If they make rules in Zimbabwe, I don't care about them. I don't follow the rule of law in Zimbabwe. Why? Because they they're not in charge of me. Right? They don't make rules for me in Zimbabwe. That's the king. They're the government over their area, not over me. Same thing in Canada, same thing in Mexico, same thing in France. That, that doesn't apply to me, right? Because they're not my, they don't rule over me. The, play, the, the, the laws they make here in this country, if they have control, so, and, and same thing. From England, taxation was at risk. Right, exactly. Yeah, very good. Right, very good. So, and, and, and by the way, same thing within this country. If someone gets up who... This is a bad. Oh, yeah. Sorry, don't sorry. Don't go there. there. <laughs> Who isn't elected? And I'm not saying I'm not making a. And then if Mitt Romney makes rules, okay? If Mitt Romney makes laws, I'm not gonna listen to him. Why not? He's a very nice guy, Mitt Romney. He's a wonderful person, right? But he he's not the president, so he doesn't. And the president doesn't make laws either. But you know what I'm saying. The point being, like, you can make rules all you want. No one's gonna listen if you're not in charge, right? And so that's what Chazal. So, so, so therefore, Kach Amar Hamokom LeYisrael Anochi Hashem Lokecha Lo Yelacha Ani Hu Shikibalte Machusi Machusai Mitzrayim. I'm the person that you accepted my kingship in Mitzrayim. Imrulo Kain Amrulo Kain Ukeshem Shik. And meaning, they said, "Am I that God? Right? Did you accept me as your God? And with all that stuff I did for you in Egypt?" They said, "Yeah, we're in." Okay, Amrulo Kain. They said, "Yes, Ukeshem Shikibalte Machusai Kiblu Gzerosai." So now they said, okay, good, you accepted what, what, I, what I said, who I am, now you should accept that which I say. Okay, what does the Mechilta seem to be saying about this mitzvah, uh, or this statement of Anoch HaShem Nochecha? It's a prerequisite. Okay. But you could view it as the first, you could view it as the, you know, um, the first mitzvah. Okay. It's also a prerequisite. Like it's, why, is that, why is that a harder sell? Why, is this, why does the Mechilta make the idea of Anochi as a mitzvah a harder sell? What's the mashal? 
Because it's like, accepted, you can't have don't a, have to do it next. Right. You don't have to do the 612 that are after that. Right. So it's, it's, you can't have a mitzvah until you accept Hashem. That so seems to be the Hashem ruler. can't be the mitzvah because then you don't. It's backwards. It's, it, the law just doesn't go, right? That's, it's, it's, that's what it sounds the Michilta right. is saying, right? I'm not saying it's hard right. and fast. But if you right. would right, read this Michilta, presumably the argument is you, you can't have a mitzvah until you have made this agreement that you're in with Anochi Hashem Elokacha. If you accept Anochi Hashem Lokecha, now everything else can go, right? I will, if we should be, we always are, but totally intellectually honest here. The Michilta doesn't seem to only, I'm, I'm not positive, but you can make the argument that it's not just talking about the first, just about Anochi only. It's sort of including Lo Yelecha in that conversation, maybe. And maybe that's why there's parentheses there. Lama, Nehmer, Lefish, I don't know. It's, and also it's on, the, the heading is Lo Yelecha. So I, I'm just, mm-hmm. I'm not positive, right? Um, right? He puts them together, like as one thing, almost like those two are the, are the prerequisite. If that's true, it's hard to argue that Yelecha is not a mitzvah. So if that's true, maybe Anochi is the introduction, but it's also a mitzvah. Maybe you could say that too. It doesn't, you know, we don't, at the end of the day, we don't have to like, uh, it doesn't have to be black and white necessarily here. But it is definitely true that the Mechilta seems to point us in the direction of this is an introduction. Right, this is not our, right, uh, it's not, not necessarily a mitzvah. Okay, so the Rambam, um, and the Rambam spends a lot of time in general on mitzvahs, like which mitzvah is in, which mitzvah is out. He's like very into this. And he seems to say something that many believe is a contradiction, even though it's not possible, like for sure a contradiction, but look what he says. Source number four, the Rambam says, and don't worry, we're going to get to like what, do we, like, what do we do with this by the end. The Rambam, source number four, says like this. The foundation of foundations and the pillar of all knowledge, Leda, all wisdom, Leda Sheyesh Sham Matsui Rishon. How do we translate that line? Leda Sheyesh Sham Matsui Rishon. There. That there is something, something, yeah, yeah, that is like matsui that existed first. You have to know there's a, there's a, there's like a, you know, there's like what a patient zero, like patient zero, right? So you have like being zero. Right? Baruch Hu is the beginning of all existence, right? So the the, the most important thing says Rambam. You want to start with this is by the way, this is Hilchus Torah, Aleph Aleph. It's the very first halach in Hilchus Torah, which is like the foundations of all of the Torah. It's how it begins, like the whole whole conversation here. What do you have to know? You have to know that there is someone who came first. Right? Isn't that the whole beginning of Bracious? That's the introduction to right. the Torah. Right. It's... Well, except that the Torah doesn't ever tell us about the beginning of God. Because there is no beginning of God. Yeah. Right. So there is no beginning of God. So like, <laughs> Should we start that? Yeah, no, so I'm saying, but you're right. That is Bracious. Bracious is, there is, the Bracious begins, you're correct. Bracious begins with, there is someone who exists. Bracious brought out Elohim. Elohim. And Hashem that, be, that beginning exister, and we're getting a little philosophical here, right? But causes everything else to exist. And that's what he says. Everything exists because of him. Everything exists through him. Remember, Tversky likes to say that Hashem is the generator of the world. That, like, it does, it'll never happen that God will never exist. But if God was, was not in existence, everything would stop. Right? He continued, God's existence, we all exist through his existence. 
Because God exists, everything else exists. Right? So that's the Rambam says. But, but what word does he use, which is very interesting? How do you, what are you supposed to do? Leda. You're supposed to know. No. Right? That's not a, that's not a <clears throat> belief. That's not belief. That's like, know that it's, it's you're supposed to know it. And to know something is, sounds like it's something that you're supposed to do. Almost. It's, supposed to, it's, supposed to, it's knowledge you're supposed to have. But it, it's almost like something you're supposed to do. Right? And he, he continues, source number five, Yediyas Tavar Zeh, Mitzvah And to know that there's a God is a Mitzvah Zaseh, Shenemar, Anochi Hashem Lokechaz, source number five. Right? This is, to know that there's a God is a Mitzvah. And someone who thinks that there's some other God, over below Zaseh, Shenemar, Lo Yelachel Himacherim. Right? So the Raman makes it very clear. What does he think? What side is he on? It's a Mitzvah. It's a Mitzvah. And the mitzvah is to no. know that there's a God. So how do you get that knowledge? That's a good question, right? You have to know that there's a God. Okay? Fine. But if you look at the Sefer of Mitzvot, where the Rambam actually counts the mitzvot, look what he says. Source number six. He says like this. Ha-mitzvah ha-rishonahi. What's the first mitzvah? Ha-tzivoy ha-shetzivanu lahamin ha-lohus. person has to believe in God. To know that there is some being who, again, causes everything to exist. Is that the same thing? Leida and Laha Amin. To know and to believe. What would you say? One is rational, one is emotional. Not the same thing. Right, no. To know is more like factual. Right, and belief is... What's belief? It's not absolute. Faith. It's right. faith, and it's yeah. there, it's a uh, it's an abstract, right? Right. It's more abstract. It's something you have to sort of like believe. Even though the whole the whole point of faith, the way we talk about it, at least, right, is that what you don't have knowledge. You believe it, even though you don't know for sure. Right. That's what believe. That's what faith is. But that's right? why Hashem says in the pasuk, like, "I'm the one who took you out of it." Right. He's he's giving them the knowledge, right? Here's, right. Here's why you should know. Right. Ah, good. Here's not, why you should know. You should know because you saw it. Right. Yeah. Right. There. Good. Good, good, good. So, again, what's clear that the Rambam definitely is the mitzvah. The question is getting more into your question is like, what, what does that mitzvah entail? So does that mitzvah entail gaining the knowledge, improving the knowledge, just knowledge, knowing it to be sure, or does it involve faith? Is it the fact that you believe that there's a God even though you can't see him and you can't touch him, you can't feel him, right? There, there's, there's not clear what the Rambam means here. And there are a number of uh, approaches that the other Rishonim take in understanding the Rambam. And as we go through them a little bit, we're going to get, I, I think, ourselves back to a better understanding of what this potential mitzvah is really all about. Okay? So, so far, we saw there's really, there's this, this thing called Anokhe Shem Lokecha, which we would call a Dibra, right? Question, the Gemara seems to include it as a mitzvah. The Chilta says maybe it's just like an introduction, right? And, we're, and, and the Rambam... Accepts it as a mitzvah, but says, is it to know? Is it to believe? I have to, there's one caveat here. The, the, the Rambam wrote um, the Sefer Mitzvahs in Arabic. And it was translated into Hebrew. So some argue that the whole contradiction is not a real contradiction. Because maybe the language, maybe the, those who translated it weren't as specific. Lahamin versus Leida, like to believe or to know. You know, maybe we weren't, I don't know, the, the differences in the language there. But it's important to know. The Rambam wrote it in Arabic. So we have it in Hebrew, but it's not the Rambam's Hebrew. 
So you want to be so specific about a contradiction in one word, you have to be careful. It's not that simple. Fine. We're going to come back to that contradiction. So but look at the Ramban in source number seven. Ramban, right, who lives in the 1200s, right around, the, right around a little bit after the Ramban. So he says like this, and he talks about the fact that the, the, uh, one of the other individuals who spent a lot of time counting mitzvahs besides the Ramban was a person named the Bahag, the Baal Halachas Gedolos. And the Ramban quotes the Bahag, and he writes like this. He doesn't include it. Right, this is the, the Ramban wrote a book right, on the Rambam. And he called it, the Rambam say for mitzvahs, the Rambam wrote a book and he called it The Mitzvahs of the Rambam Forgot. That's what he called it. It's not, it's just nice, such a nice title. Yeah. <laughs> That's what he called it. Right, and he, he basically goes through places where the Rambam includes the mitzvah and explains why he thinks he's wrong. And places where he excluded the mitzvah and said he forgot it, he should have included it. So this is on the very first mitzvah already he attacks. The, bah- the Bahag disagrees and doesn't think that Anochi is a mitzvah, right? Right, when it comes to the next pasuk, the next mitzvah, that already tells me a lot of things that you should not do. Don't bow down to it. Don't serve idols. That, that I get. That's something to do. That's a mitzvah. Right? Look what's underlined the next line. But to believe in Hashem, that he showed us right, with signs and wonders by like, by, by revealing himself, Ramban says, you can't include this in the mitzvah, in, in, it's one of the mitzvahs, why? This is an introduction, you can't command me unless I believe in you. So belief is not a mitzvah, says the Ramban, it says, quoting the Ramban, this is something that has to be a, right, a premise, to everything else. And Rabbeinu Kreskis, who's one of the Rishon Mosul, says the same exact thing. He says, it doesn't make any sense. You can't say that there's a mitzvah if I don't first believe. You can't command me to believe you and then command me based on that belief. It doesn't make any sense. The belief only comes, the commandments only come after belief. And that's why they don't count it as a mitzvah. Fine. Fine. So what do we do with this? What do we do with this? Okay. So, there's a sefer called Rosh Amanan, source number eight. Um, and it's written by the Barbanel. And he basically argues that the Rambam is not giving a philosophy lesson when he opens the Sefer Mitzvahs. He's not giving philosophy. He's telling us a, a mitzvah. Right? His position is that belief in Hashem is a prerequisite to all mitzvahs, but knowledge of certain like, things that we're supposed to know, right? that, are, that is the mitzvah. So what, what he argues when the Rambam says leida, to know, what he means is, there's like this responsibility, right? Like, mitzvahs presuppose a creator. That's true. You have to have a creator for us to believe in mitzvahs, to do, to do mitzvahs. But there's still going to be a mitzvah to get to know the creator. Right? And, and, and a lot of the Rishonim take this approach, which is like, yes. I, this, I, which, to be honest, is, I think is what the Mechilta means. Right? The Mechilta really seems to say that, yes, there's a, you can't tell someone, believe in me, Right? Unless they have to believe first before you can give them a mitzvah. But once they believe, you can say to them, and now get to know me better. Right? Now spend time. And the Rambam talks about this. How does a person create Avas Hashem? Right? How do you do that? You do that by going out, going, going in hikes, going to, going to the. I tell you about this. I went to the safari. I mentioned, I mentioned this last week. I went to, we went to the Lion Country Safari in, uh, in Florida. It was like the coolest, one of the coolest things I've ever done in my whole life. And we like. We were driving 
next to a rhinoceros, mm-hmm. which almost knocked our car over. But it's like my wife wasn't so happy how close I got. But like, <laughs> it, was so, it was amazing. And there were like zebras in front of us and giraffes. And like, it was like, it was giraffes walking in front of the car, you know? And like, so the Rambam rides, you go, you, and you, like, and like, you really have that experience. I, I, I should say, I do. Like, for me. The lions sleeping, because we were there also. The lions were not sleeping. They were like, they were sitting right next to each other. They were sitting next to each other, like right next to us, behind a fence. The lions are behind a fence. But the rhinoceros are not behind a fence. And the giraffes are not behind a fence. And it's like, Really, it's like really amazing. It's really amazing. But you ask yourself, like, why? Why does he? What does he like? And oh yeah, sorry. And in the end, you can go up on this thing and you can feed a giraffe. And the giraffe comes like, like right here. You know, you're not supposed to touch. They said you're not supposed to touch it. But they're humongous. And you ask yourself, like, why did the Rebbeinu make this? Like, what's that for? And I don't know the answer, right? But to me, it's like for me to know that that he exists. You know, like. There's a value in that. The Ram talks about that, going out in the world and seeing things. And like, but that there's, a, that there's a, don't worry, I'm not so from that like, I, I, I do this because so, that way we can improve our Abbas Hashem. But, but, but it's true, right? But it's true, it's cool, I guess. But, but it's amazing, right? And like, and I think what the Rishonim are getting at is that there's this value in spending time trying to cultivate that understanding of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. There's value there. And that itself is the mitzvah. So maybe there's a prerequisite, sort of like this basic element of faith Right? And that's like the Amuna part. Like, we're supposed to, we're supposed to believe. And, but, but at the same time, there's a mitzvah to go and to delve in and to understand who Karash Baruch Hu is. Which, which to me is like a, 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 like a helpful way to sort of deal with this question. Look at source number 10. This is source number 10. Is Das Tfunash, the Ramchal, who also wrote Mesir Sisharim. So he begins his whole Sefer, Das Tfunos, as follows. And he writes like this. It's very like, Powerful. Amra Hanyashama. The soul says. I don't know which soul says, but the soul says. Tavasi Uritsoni, my my desire is Wali Yasheva Kitsas Tvari me osam shanemar behem, vashevosel of Avakashem Huelakim. I wanna be that I, I wanna understand right how I find myself understanding more of a Kalashbarhu. Harehe me kare munasenu, Shekhaiv Odam Kol Adam, Lirdov Achareya Diyasam. My job is to run after it, right? The point isn't like, because you're going to say, well, how am I supposed, like, what if I don't get there? What if I don't really know God? Right? And what's his point? Your job is to try. 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 To try. To try. It's not like, you know, it's not like you give a lulav. You pick up a lulav, good, you finished. You did it. Right? There's lots of mitzvahs that like, you do and it's over. And there are other mitzvahs that like, take work and they're hard. Right, and and I think what the, what the Rebbe Chal is pointing out is like the same idea that Anochi is this kind of like this hard mitzvah to find, and it takes time, your whole life, to kind of struggle with it and go after it and look for it, and look for him and to try, right? That's like that's our goal. Now it's our goal in mitzvah. It's actually Rebbe Tversky used to say this idea, and I I didn't think about it until just now. He said it, this idea we say in in Elkanah Zor at the end of every Shmona Esrei. What do we say? We say, "Psach li vibesarasecha." Open my heart to your Torah. Ube mitzvosecha tirdof nafshi. And with your mitzvah, so bid mitzvosecha tirdof nafshi. My soul should chase. It's a it's a dangling modifier. I don't know. It's a dangling. It's a it's a sentence that doesn't end. It falls off a cliff, right? 
open my heart to your to your Torah. And with your mitzvot, tear dofnafki, my soul should chase. My soul should chase what? What's the answer? With, with your mitzvot, my soul should chase you. God. Right? The goal of mitzvot is really to take me back to Right? So, in a certain sense, the argument could be made that Anochi, the basic, basic belief in God is, a, is, 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 is like the prerequisite, right? But the mitzvah element, in a certain sense, is to continue to cultivate that relationship and that knowledge through what? Through all the other ones. Why do we, like, this is a whole discussion. Should you stand for this or should you not stand? One of the reasons to say not to stand, people who don't want to stand, is why? We shouldn't think that these 10 are any better than, any more important than the other 603. Because they're not. They're not really any, any better. They're not more important. They're not bigger averos if you don't do them versus other things per se. Right? So what's the purpose of the ten? So many of the Rishonim explain it's to like their header, their headings to the whole Torah. That basically all the six hundred thirty mitzvahs can fit. The other six hundred three could fit within these ten. It's like a, it's like a, it's like a basic overview, right? So the point being then, the job of the other nine is to get me back to the first one, right? To kind of like continue to cultivate that that feeling. Fine, okay. And that's basically what first says in Torah number eleven. I want to show you one other. One other piece, and then... No, no, no. I was yeah, yeah. that, I guess yeah. you argue that the, the second one, having no other gods, it's almost like should be together with the first one. Because if you... I think the belief in God is just totally wrapped up to not believing in other gods. You can't separate those two things, because usually people believe in something. And so if they're not going to believe in God, then they believe in... Like, in something else. I just think they're... they're in, I How could they be one? Everything you, you say yeah. could just right. apply to the two To together, both together. That's, Which, by the way, isn't necessarily a problem right and it almost right. i wonder if the mechilta is saying just that yeah by putting both in the, both of them together is that you're right because because again we're still we're still arguing that it's an introduction yeah it's still an introduction it gets us started but then once it gets us started we it's our job to come back to it in a certain sense right i'm oh, sorry the shepherd yeah. so funny Noah, what do those start with because it those that's not believing it's not in, God, in this right correct well it there is it because the Shemitz and Noah are, are a totally separate group, which really are, they're not said explicitly in Parshish Noah, but they're all in Parshish Noah. And through Drushos, Chazal learned them out in Noah. They're not part of the Ten Commandments. Right, like, but aren't some of them... Uh, some of them are similar. They're not supposed to kill. one of them, like, you, know. you have to believe in God. So that's a, it's a machogas. Right, I feel do, like I remember... It's a requirement it to believe in God, like, yes. But it's the same... They can't do a Vodah If you don't right. believe in God, then why would you have to... No, so they can't do, they can't do a Vodah Zara. They can't do a Vodah Zara. There's a discussion, do they have a mitzvah anochi, per se? Yeah. But, but, but that's sort of the same question. Do right. they, are they connected to each other? Right. Yes, correct. It's a very good point. Um, we should give a share on the show of mitzvah anochi one day. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, a good, it's a good point. I want to show you just one other idea, which I may have shared with you before, but it's like one of my, one of my favorite ideas related to the Sarasa Dibros. And because it, and it speaks to part of the question about the first mitzvah, but it also speaks to the same question that Rona asked early, much earlier, which was, how does Hashem command us to, to feel something? Okay, what, which of the Sarasa Dibros is a commandment to feel, besides Anochi? A commandment to feel something, or not to feel something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not to feel jealous. That is the, so, so the Rambam gets around it, by the way, by saying that, that you only violate Sachmon if you actually follow through right. on the desire, on, you act on it. Mm-hmm. Right? But many of you have believe that you violate the Sachmon just by feeling jealous. Yikes, right? That's yeah. right? So, so like, darn it. Um, so, and the question is, how can that be? 
So the Ibn Ezra gives a, gives a mushal. I didn't bring the Ibn Ezra here. The Ibn Ezra gives a mushal. And what's the mushal? The mushal is what I like to call the Aladdin mushal, even though it's not, it's sort of the opposite of the Aladdin mushal. But he basically talks about, imagine there's a princess, and she's like, you know, she's uh, growing up, and now she's come of age, it's time for the princess to get married. And so the Ibn Ezra says, that the, the, the pauper in the street, right, who is the poorest guy in the, t- in the town, right, in the entire country, when he finds out, so what happens? So, so you know, suitors come, princes come to, to marry the princess, right? So he says, does the, 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 the pauper, is he jealous of the prince who gets to marry the princess? He says, no, I'm not jealous. Why is he not jealous? He knows he's not worthy. It's, it's not, not even it's not, a, it's not possible, possible for him. Right? Like, it's not like, comparison you know, uh, you know, you know uh, name your professional athlete who gets paid $40 million a year, $50 million a year, like... Forget why that's ridiculous, but uh, like I because like are you jealous of that? It's like I don't even know what that means. Right? I'd be jealous of it. It's like not. It's, it's just like lo alel adas. I can't even imagine such a thing. Right? It's like it's not. It's not reasonable for me to consider that that is shayach to me. Right? So I'm not, I don't feel jealous of that person because it's not. It's just not in my world. So it says even Ezra. That's what it means to to, to lo sachmon, not to feel jealous. Why should a person not feel jealous? So he says like this. If a person really believes that everything that we have and that Hashem gives is the things that we need. And without what a Baruch Hu gives me is the thing that I need. Right? And I really believe that. Right? That's hard. Aleph, <laughs> <laughs> that's really hard. Fine. But let's say I really believe that. And right? the things that I got are the things that I need. Okay? Jealous because so then I can't, and then that person has X or Y or Z and I don't have that. What am I going to say to myself? But I'm not jealous. If I don't have it, it means that. This is very elementary. Obviously, it's so complicated. But right? if I the simple calculation for myself is, if, it's a, if I don't have it, what does it mean? I don't need it. I don't need it. didn't want it for me. So why would I feel jealous? I can't, why would I jealous? Just what? If that's like the guy who makes $50 million a year. It's not shaykh to me. It's, it's out of my league. It's not for me. Okay, it's more different because it's in my league. It's a, my friend right, who has it and I don't have. Right? And it's extraordinarily difficult. Don't get me wrong. But, Rav Rosenzweig says, Rav Rosenzweig wants to argue, and I, I brought you the piece here, a little, just in number 12, if you want to read it inside, but he, he basically argues, how, why is it, you have Anochi as the first mitzvah, and you have Losachmon as the last mitzvah. It's kind of like a downer. And then like, don't be jealous. Mm-hmm. Don't covet your friend's wife. It's like, that's the end of it. Like, the service of Dibros, it's like, so like, pasnished. Not nice, right? And he says, no, it's exactly the point. He says, because the, if, the, if I've accomplished Anochi, if I really believe there's a Rebbe Shalom who controls the world, and everything that I, that, I, that I get is because I'm supposed to have it, then I, then I can actually control my emotions. My knowledge of what the Rebbe Shalom is and what he does in this world allows me to actually not feel jealousy because I know that he's in charge. It's a pretty wild shot, right? Um, but it answers that question, how can God command me to feel? And the answer is, he does, but it's, it's, not, it's not like, again, you did it or you didn't do it. It's a, it's a process, it's something that we work on, right? Trying to develop the anochi, develop that, that belief and understanding that this very, very challenging, very challenging mitzvah, that Baruch is in control and every terrible, horrible thing that we experience or that we see, or we see other people experience, somehow it's all from the Yibbam Shalom, right? And the, which we struggle with our whole lives. And I think as we get older, it sometimes gets even harder at times because we see more of the world and we see more of the complicated 
you know, complications there are in the world. But that just kind of like calls upon us to continue to, to struggle with it and to understand and to appreciate and to tell ourselves, right? And when we do that, then we're able to accomplish actually this tremendous feat of actually not feeling jealous. And I, and I actually encourage myself and encourage all of us to try it. Try it the next time you feel jealous. Say it out loud. I guess it's not for me. I guess it's not for me. It's hard. It can be painful sometimes. I guess, that, I guess that's not for me right now. Doesn't mean I can't dive in. It's also comforting. I mean, it can be. Right. You know. I mean, sometimes it's sometimes it's hard because sometimes the thing I want is a, is a basic need. No, it's always hard. Right. I'm just right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, but it can be also comforting. I think it's I think it's dynamic. It's hard. It can be you know it can be comforting and challenging at the same time. But trying to do that and and have that vision of like, you know, okay, I guess I don't I guess I don't fully understand why well, that's not for me. But that must be what's going on here. Um, I, I just I find that from that idea from Rosen's wife so like so meaningful personally, um, and I and I, I want to just close with this one this last piece, verse number twelve, which is a longer article that that Rosenstein wrote and it involves a lot of um, words in English that I don't know how to how to translate, and references to and references to literature the pieces of literature that I don't never read and I don't understand, um, but he makes two points in here that I think are really nice, he makes two points because I think whenever we talk about faith, it's very hard to talk about faith. Without recognizing like the, the just the extraordinary challenge that it is, and I think that it continues to provide for us, even if we're very religious, strong people. I think it's just it's a hard thing. It's a hard thing, and um, he makes two points, which I find very meaningful, and maybe you'll also find meaningful. Number one, he says that the greatest source of his um, ability to manage questions of faith, and Lichtenstein was like a pretty thoughtful person, a philosophically, philosophical giant. And he basically argued, he talks about how the people who influenced him the most were Soloveitchik, um, Ravaran Soloveitchik, and Rav Hutner, who was rebellion. And sort of like watching them in life, he's like, I never really learned faith, I just kind of watched faith. And he felt like that's how he like developed his amuna. But he said, so, and because of that, when he found himself questioning, you know, like serious questions of faith, not just personal ones, but like, Amalek and like all these like difficult issues in Jewish philosophy. He said, I always told myself that like there's no question that Soloveitchik also had this concern. And it bothered him too. And he got through it. And he pushed through. And Rav Hutner and Aaron Soloveitchik, they, they all must have had these, their, these same questions. And if they learn to live with it, I can learn to live with it too. And he basically says, what I came to realize, I think I highlighted it at some point, right? Yeah, I don't even have it here. Right? This idea of what I received from all my mentors at home and in yeshiva, was the key to confronting life, particularly modern life in all its complexity. The recognition that it was not so necessary to have all the answers as to learn to live with the questions, which I find very comforting coming from a giant of Torah who knew everything that there ever was in Torah, to say that he had questions and that his job was not to answer all the questions, his job was to live with them. And he himself even argues that the source of his faith at the end, and that's how he titles it, is the source of, source of faith is faith itself. That's sort of like his experiences in life. He says like a, a sunset, watching children play. That's the example that he gives. This is like a, a giant of philosophy who basically says like, I didn't come to know Hashem and believe in Hashem stronger because of something I read in the Rambam and understood better. It came become like watching little children play in the park or it came from watching a beautiful sunset and experiencing that and just saying to myself like, wow, like there's really a bonus show. You know, I don't know if you've come out, of, or someone's come out of the parking lot here, like seven in the morning, and you can see like the whole sun, sunrise, you know? Mm-hmm. Like those moments, and 
to find a person of such tremendous intellect who basically argues that the source of his faith is like experiences he had in his life. People that he knew, people that he experienced, young children that he saw, that, that becomes the mo- those moments where you see a little baby, you see a baby, a newborn baby. These moments are like the moments that remind us like, you know what, I really do believe in this. You know, and I think that for me, that's very comforting because I think Amun is hard. Amun is hard. It doesn't matter how, how, how much we have experienced in life. And like I said, maybe even the more we experience in life, the, the more challenging it can be. But I think the, the goal and what's being called upon us is to continue to pursue it, like that Ramchal, to try. Right? Lirdof, to, 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 to run after it and, to, and make it our life's work rather than making it as I've either, yeah, either got it or I don't got it. I think it's too complicated for that. And I think Chazal themselves recognize that. It's almost like the prerequisite. I can be like, you can't just have it. Right? It, needs, it needs work. And I think that um, the more we do that, the more we look at it also as our life's work, the less we have to feel bad if we don't feel we were like making it that day. You know, that's okay. Uh, and the more we can feel inspired to go find it. If that's in a giraffe like me, then great. If it's like in something else, then that's good too. Wherever it is that you find it. But I think that you know, in that sense, anochi is like almost more than a mitzvah. It's a mitzvah, but it's like a calling. It's a calling upon us to go try to, figure all this out, which we'll never figure out. But at least we can figure out a way to, to live our lives with that, you know, understanding in our inner minds. Thank you. That's Thank it. You. Okay. Okay. A little different this week.